Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of June 24, 2018. The ACB convention begins at the end of this week in St. Louis, and we hope all of you have your travel plans made and will be there for the, all the information and fun. However, if you can't make it this year in person, we want to help you enjoy some of the programming over ACB Radio. Beginning on Saturday, June 30, ACB Radio Mainstream and ACB Radio Live Event will carry convention programming around the clock throughout the week. On page 2, you'll find details on how to listen to the convention broadcasts, a schedule of sessions that will be live-streamed, and information on programming available on recorded delay. The 73rd Annual Conference and Reunion of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association is coming up on July 27 and 28 here in Louisville. It will be held at the Ramada Inn North at 1041 Zorn Avenue, and everyone is invited to attend. Some of the activities in the Special Alumni Treasure CD are all about radio this year, and Adam Rushevel and I tell you all about it on page 3. One issue that has been in the news here on Soundprints and around ACB this past few months is rules related to flying with service animals. Page 4 contains information posted by Tony Stevens, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, about comments being sought by the federal government concerning flying with service animals. These comments are due by July 9, and Tony has included some suggestions or talking points about what you might want to say if you submit comments. There is no Soundprints calendar this week, so on page 5, we're bringing you three short articles posted on the ACB leadership this past week. We hope you enjoy this edition of Soundprints. We will not have a new show next week because of the ACB convention, but we'll be back with you again on July 8. Page 2. ACB Radio will be broadcasting live and on recorded delay around the clock from the ACB convention in St. Louis, beginning on Saturday, June 30, and running through Sunday, July 8. If you cannot attend the ACB convention, you can still join us for some of the programming. Read on for live streaming broadcast schedules, and while broadcasting is not live, you will hear replays as well as some additional workshops and meetings available on recorded delay only. You can listen to ACB Radio in several ways. One, by visiting acbradio.org and selecting the channel to which you want to listen. Two, through the ACB Link app on your iDevice, available for download free from the iTunes Store. Three, on your Amazon device. Just say, Alexa, play ACB Radio Mainstream on TuneIn, or Alexa, Play ACB Radio Live Event on TuneIn. Or, 4, by dialing 605-475-8130 from any landline or cell phone. Now, here's the live stream schedule. Remember that all times are central. On Saturday, June 30, at 1.30 p.m., the Remote Voting Task Force findings and group discussion will be on ACB Radio Live Event. 
at 2.45 that afternoon will be Riding Right, Transportation and Environmental Access Committee program on Uber, Lyft, GoGo Grandparent, and other transportation options on ACB Radio Live event. At 7 p.m. on Saturday evening will be the first ACB general session of the convention. It will be on ACB Radio Mainstream and also on ACB Radio Live event. Highlights of the session are as follows. At 7.25 will be the President's Report from Kim Charlson. 7.45 is a Double Diamond Sponsor presentation by Microsoft Corporation. The presenters are co-creators of the Seeing AI app. At 8 p.m. you'll hear the ACB Award presentations, followed by ACB Life Member presentations, and ACB Angel Recognitions and ACB Angel Song sung by the Sweet Adelines of Nashville, Tennessee. At 8.30 will be a Double Diamond Sponsor presentation from IRA Corporation. 8.45 will be the introduction of the 2018 DKM First Timers Award winners and the 2018 J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows. At 9 p.m. is the first Credentials Committee report followed by the roll call of affiliates. On Sunday, July 1, beginning at 8.30 a.m., will be a general session on ACB Radio Mainstream and ACB Radio Live event. The session will include a Double Diamond sponsorship presentation from Google with Eve Anderson, Accessible Engineering Director. Also, a Double Diamond sponsor presentation from General Motors with Harry Leitze, Executive Director, Emerging Technologies in Washington, D.C., a Ruby presentation will be from Humanware with Rick Piper, Vice President of Sales USA in Champlain, New York. Another Ruby presentation will be with Peter Korn, Director of Accessibility at Amazon Lab 126 in Oakland, California, Amazon Corporation. We'll also have the adoption of the Standing Rules and Program, the Final Credentials Committee Report, the Constitution and Bylaws Committee will give their first report, followed by an angel presentation for Teddy Joy Rimhild from California and Robert Bob Rushing of Oregon. The presiding officer for the day is Dan Spoon, ACB First Vice President from Orlando, Florida. At 9.15, the program will be Amazing St. Louis, 250 Years of Great Tales and Curiosities by Charles Brennan, author and St. Louis radio personality. At 9.40, you'll hear Richard Turner, San Antonio, Texas, a blind master card mechanic, manipulator, close-up magician of the year award winner, and subject of the documentary film, Delt. The film is the winner of the Audience Choice Award at the South by Southwest Film Festival in Austin, Texas. At 1040, there'll be news and ongoing progress at NLS with Karen Kenninger, Director of the National Library Service in Washington, D.C., at 11.10, you'll meet Jose Maria Vieira, new World Blind Union Executive Director from Toronto, Canada. At 11.40, is celebrating 50 years of achievement and advocacy with the Randolph Shepherd Vendors of America. At 11.50, are resolutions and 12 noon is recess. At 2.45 that afternoon, you'll hear Rehab and Special Education Workshop on ACB Radio Live event. Moving to Monday, at 8.30 a.m., the general session begins on mainstream and live event with a Double Diamond sponsor presentation from Vanda Pharmaceutical. 
Emerald presentations from Sprint and Cisco Systems. We'll have the nominating committee report with Mitch Pomerantz, chair from Pasadena, California. Constitution and bylaws report from the Constitution and Bylaws Committee and resolutions with Mark Richard, chair of the Resolutions Committee. There will be an angel presentation for Hattie Bond from Tennessee. The presiding officer that day is John McCann, ACB Second Vice President from Tucson, Arizona. At 9.15, you'll hear the 2018 ACB Scholarship Presentations. Denise Colley, Chair, Scholarship Committee, Lacey Washington. At 10.30 is College Success, Working to Make It Happen, with Leslie Thatcher, Director, College Success Program at Perkins School for the Blind in Watertown, Massachusetts. At 10.40 are new collaborative strategic directions at both the American Foundation for the Blind and the American Printing House for the Blind, with Russell Schaefer, Chair of the Board, American Foundation for the Blind, and Craig Metter, President and CEO of the American Printing House for the Blind. At 11 o'clock, meet Annie Barth from the 350th episode of NCIS with Marilee Talkington, professional low-vision actress, New York. At 11.20 is Now Washing and Drying Clothes Has Never Been So Easy, Inventing the Talking Laundry Module for GE Washers and Dryers, with Samuel Duplessis, design leader at First Build, and Jack Duplessis, sophomore, DuPont Manual High School in Louisville, Kentucky. 11.35 is Legal Advice and True Partners, the Washington Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and Urban Affairs, with Jonathan Smith, Executive Director, Deepa Goraya, Associate Counsel, Disability Rights, and Matthew Handley, former Director of Litigation, Washington, D.C., at 8 p.m., you can listen to some great live entertainment by ACB conference attendees at the Friends in Art Showcase live on the ACB Radio Cafe channel and repeating there throughout the rest of the convention. On Tuesday morning, beginning at 8.30 on ACB Radio Mainstream and live event, there will be the following sponsor presentations. Emerald from J.P. Morgan Chase, Emerald from Comcast, Ruby, from Charter Communications, Emerald from Uber, Diamond from Verizon, and Ruby from VFO. The Constitution and Bylaws Committee will report as well as the Resolutions Committee. The ACB Angel presentation for the day will be Jill O'Connell from California. The presiding officer is Ray Campbell, ACB Secretary from Glen Ellen, Illinois. At 9.15, you'll hear Talking for a Living, Growing Up as an Audiobook Narrator with Laura Generelli, National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped in Washington, D.C. At 9.45, we'll hear New Partnership in Employment Relationship Building with the Executive Director of USBLN, U.S. Business Leadership Network from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. At 10.30 will be the Executive Director's Report with Eric Bridges. 11 o'clock is the Federal Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, TCJA. What deductions still exist? Implications for people who are blind. Update on ABLE 529 accounts 
and SSI and SSDI rules applying to income. With Anthony Tony Stevens, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs with ACB in Alexandria, Virginia. At 11.25, we'll have a presentation of the Affiliate Leadership and Growth Awards with Chip Haley, Co-Chair of the Awards Committee. Also a presentation of the Freeman and Henley Media Awards by Ron Brooks, Chair of ACB Board of Publications from Phoenix, Arizona. At 11.40 is the new ACB.org website rollout with Kelly Gask, ACB Executive Assistant and Multimedia Design Specialist in Alexandria, Virginia. On Wednesday at 8.30 a.m., the general session will begin on ACB Radio Mainstream and ACB Radio Live event. We'll have Ruby sponsor presentations from HIMS and IRA, as well as the Constitution and Bylaws Report and more resolutions with Mark Richard. The ACB Angel presentation will be for Susie Weatherford from Arkansas. The presiding officer is David Trott. ACB Treasurer from Talladega, Alabama. At 9.15, National Conference and Convention Report with Janet Dickelman, ACB Convention Coordinator from St. Paul, Minnesota. 9.35 a.m. is the Treasurer's Report with David Trott from Talladega, Alabama. 9.50 is the ACB ES Thrift Store Report with Michael Garrett, Chair, ACB Enterprises and Services from Missouri City, Texas. At 10 a.m., Furry Friends and Flying Skies, an update on the state of air travel for guide dog handlers with Claire Stanley, ACB Advocate and Outreach Specialist, Alexandria, Virginia. At 10.30, National Advocacy and Legislative Update with Anthony Tony Stevens, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs with ACB in Alexandria. At 10.55, the Uni Description Project providing tools, training, and mobile apps to spread audio description through our national parks with Saja Koriala, Graduate Research Assistant, University of Hawaii, Manoa, Hawaii. At 11.05 a.m. are award presentations and updates from the ACB Audio Description Project with Joel Snyder, Director of the ADP Project Tacoma Park, Maryland, and Chris Gray, ADP Awards Chair, St. Louis, Missouri, and Dan Spoon, Chair, Audio Description Project from Orlando, Florida. 11.35 is the report on the ACB Walk and the ACB Auction. And at 11.55 are announcements and then recess for the day. On Wednesday afternoon, you'll hear at 1.15 p.m. the Board of Publications Workshop on ACB Radio Live event. At 2.45, you'll hear the ACB Membership Seminar, also on live event, and at 7.15 that evening, you'll hear the ACB Candidates Town Hall on ACB Radio Mainstream and live event. On Thursday, the meeting gets underway at 8.30 a.m. and it's business from 8.30 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. We'll have resolutions with Mark Richard, Chair of the Resolutions Committee. At 10 a.m., elections will begin and there will be other business throughout the day. Old and new business will come at 1.15 and we will adjourn at 1.30. Then at 7 p.m. on Thursday evening is the ACB Banquet. The MC will be Jesuita Tabor, Chair, 
2018 Missouri Host Committee from St. Louis. There will be drawings and announcements and other doings. The speaker and musical presentation will be given by Michael Cleveland and Brian Allen. Michael is a world-renowned bluegrass fiddler, and Brian is an outstanding guitarist. Michael is a 1999 graduate of the Kentucky School for the Blind, and Brian Allen from the Indiana School for the Blind. Don't miss this great ACB banquet. Here are some examples of sessions that will be recorded and replayed on a delayed basis. On Sunday, the Library Users of America will present new approaches from familiar places, a discussion of Bard, Bookshare, Learning Ally, and other sources for reading materials. On Tuesday, the Library Users and Braille Revival League will present Braille and the iPhone, with Judy Dixon, Consumer Relations Officer of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped in Washington. This session will feature approaches to reading and writing Braille, as well as apps for the iPhone that relate to these functions. Also on Tuesday, the Up Close and Personal session with Laura Generelli, the Talking Book Narrator, will be recorded and played later the Randolph Shepherd Vendors of America is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year, and on Sunday, ACB Radio will be recording its luncheon with its very special speaker, Jennings Randolph Jr., the son of Senator Jennings Randolph, who helped to create the Randolph Shepherd program. A number of programs from the Guide Dog users, GDUI, will also be recorded and replayed. We hope you enjoy Convention Week on ACB Radio. It's the next best thing to being there. Page 3. The 73rd Annual Conference and Reunion of the Alumni Association for the Kentucky School for the Blind is coming up on July 27 and 28, just about three weeks after the end of the ACB Convention. And with me is Adam Rushful, who is the president of the alumni, and we're going to just chat a little bit about some of the interesting things that are going to be happening that weekend. So welcome, Adam. Well, thanks, Carla. And I don't get to be on Sound Prince too often, and after this interview, everybody will probably understand why. But I am the president of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association, and this is my fourth go-round edit. I was president back in 1976, 92, 2002, and this year. So I, I hope that practice makes perfect. <laughs> well, it certainly has uh, helped create a very interesting uh, reunion this weekend. Uh, and uh, we hope that a lot of people will come and participate we kind of have a theme running through this year's convention, and that is KSB people, whether they be graduates or people who just attended KSB at some point, who have participated over the years in radio. And so tell us about that theme a little bit. It was triggered by an article that was in a magazine put out by our Kentucky Department of Education, the Kentucky Teacher, in which they were talking about uh, the radio station at the Kentucky School for the Blind, which had been dormant for some time and has now 
uh, gone on the internet. Two students especially have gotten really involved with it and uh, one is a junior to be a senior this coming year and uh, they had some help from staff at the school and also from the Kentucky Department of Education. They got some funding from the Kentucky School for the Blind Charitable Foundation and I understand they're on air uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week uh, with their computerized uh, use of the programming for the station and they're able to run it from their homes this summer. It's been kind of a good thing for them to get back involved but uh, I know that over the past century actually Kentucky School for the Blind former students have been involved with radio uh, for some time and that began when Mike Hudson who's the curator at the American Printing House for the Blind discovered that two students who were at the Kentucky School of the Blind in the 19-teens, later became big music stars in country music and folk music uh, on uh, WGN in Chicago back in the 20s and 30s. And uh, that's where we uh, kind of go back in our history. Uh, since then, though, we've had people who have been involved with uh, FM radio, commercial radio, and of course today with internet radio. And so we wanted to try to go back and trace some of that history. Some of the most involved people and most knowledgeable former students, Carla, have died and we've missed out on a lot of the history there. But we still have some people who are really into radio still and so we're looking forward to having that uh, come back to us at our reunion. Alright so let's talk about some of the events that are going to be happening that center around radio. The on, on Saturday morning we typically have an activity that is coordinated by Mike Hudson from the APH Museum and it usually deals with some aspect of KSB or KSB history. And this year, that activity is going to take place at the Ramada Inn, where the reunion will be held. It's actually going to be a Bards and Storytellers activity from APH. And it's going to be about radio and KSB involvement with radio. And, and that's sort of where the whole theme grew from uh, you were working with Mike Hudson on that program and out of that has come several other things as well. So Saturday morning at 10 a.m. will be a Bards and Storytellers with Mike Hudson on location if you will at the Ramada Inn at the Alumni Reunion uh, and that's on July 28 and then also some of the other activities are uh, our, our banquet which is that evening and the speakers for that banquet happen to be Jack Fox and his daughter Jill Fox. A lot of people listening to Sound Prince will know them as talking book narrators but for those of you who aren't in Louisville um, you may or may not know that they both have been and are radio personalities in Louisville as well. 
Well, Carla, not only that, but uh, Jack Fox especially went to lunch with some of the blind staff down there and has gotten to know uh, some of our alumni way over the years. And so he's more interested than just kind of a bystander. Uh, and that's why we're really happy to have him back. And, of course, Jill Fox being the talking book narrator and being on local public radio here in Louisville, uh, it makes her of interest to us as well. Yes. And then we also have an activity on Friday evening. Uh, One of the people involved in the Saturday morning program is Michael McCarty. And Michael McCarty is, of course, a graduate of the school, and he has his own internet radio station called the Radio Storm. And while we were talking about that program, Michael said, hey, I have another idea. How about if we actually broadcast from the alumni on Friday evening as part of the alumni activities after the barbecue on Friday? And we got to talking about that. And in fact, we think that is going to happen. It's scheduled for 9 o'clock on Friday evening. And in the ballroom, again, at the Ramada, anyone who's there will be able to participate in that broadcast. And what's going to happen is Michael is going to bring the radio storm on location to the alumni. We'll broadcast on the storm from 9 to 10 o'clock. And then at 10, the storm simulcasts with ACB Radio Interactive. So from 10 to 12, The alumni will be heard around the world on ACB Radio Interactive as well as on the Radio Storm. And and you can listen to that in several ways, uh, but uh, a real good way is on your uh, Alexa app. And you can ask that she play uh, the The Radio Storm on TuneIn, or you can ask her to play ACB Radio Interactive on TuneIn, and you'll be able to enjoy it even if you can't be there. If you are at the alumni on Friday evening, you'll be able to kind of send a shout out to your friends and and let them know what a good time you're having and, and help them wish they were there with us having a good time. Well, you know, it's funny, but this kind of goes all the way back uh, to the 1920s and 30s when radio back then would broadcast bands from you know the bourbon ballroom at the such and such hotel in new york and so now we're doing it from the ramada inn ballroom in louisville <laughs> and i'm not sure but i think this is probably the first time we've ever done any thing live from our alumni reunion weekend do you think so i think so um i didn't actually say so in the letter but i'm pretty sure it's the only time now michael could tell us if that's true because if he's done anything live in the past it it would have been done by michael mccarty now let's talk a tad about the treasure cd each year since 2014 the alumni has issued a special edition alumni treasure cd the first year it was the 1969 piano, band, and choral recital that was presented in the spring at the school. Another year, that CD was uh, a a reissued Study Hall Blues album that was produced by the students and staff and alumni 
at the school in 1986. And each year it's different. And each year that particular treasure CD is available to anyone who is a sponsor of the alumni at the white, red, or blue level. And that's $25, $50, or $100 sponsor for the alumni reunion weekend. And that person receives a copy of that treasure CD. This year, it's going to be all about radio. It will be sound bites from various um, uh, people in the past who have been on radio. And there will be just uh, a, a variety of information and little snippets on that treasure CD, and we think that you'll really enjoy it. If you'd like more information about the reunion weekend, there is a letter that has gone out to the alumni as of this week, actually. And um, anyone can receive that letter. Anyone can attend the reunion. You don't have to have been a student at the school or staff at the school. Everyone is welcome. If you would like more information about the upcoming alumni reunion, give us a phone call at 502-897-1472 or email, you can use my email, Carla, C-A-R-L-A, 40206 at gmail.com. We'll be happy to put a copy of the information in the mail to you and you can get pre-registered. You don't have to attend in order to be a sponsor and receive a copy of the Treasure CD. You don't even have to live in Kentucky or have any other association with Kentucky other than I just want to get a copy of this CD and I want to be a sponsor of the reunion. So we hope that you will participate. We hope that lots of you will find this interesting. And please be sure to give us a call or um, drop us an email and let us know if we can give you any further information. Thanks, Adam, for being on Soundprints today. Okay, Carla. Thanks a lot. Page 4. Action Alert. Airlines and Service Animal ANPRM Talking Points. On June 18, 2018, the following information was posted by Tony Stevens, ACB Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. Tony writes, Greetings, ACB. Here are a set of talking points intended to assist advocates with filing complaints to the Department of Transportation concerning the recent announcement of notice of proposed rulemaking around service and emotional support animals. The ANPRM is accepting comments through July 9. ACB urges guide dog users and advocates for guide dog users to submit comments, and the talking points that follow this item are intended to help guide key issues that ACB hopes will be addressed in the rulemaking proceedings. We have received word that there are some accessibility issues with the regulations.gov website. We know this is troubling, and we are reaching out to try to have the issue resolved, or at least to have a direct contact for which comments can be sent as an alternative to filing them via regulations.gov. The form for submission requires the use of drop-down boxes for selection of the federal agency and type of comments. There is a text box that will allow 5,000 characters. Otherwise, comments will need to be uploaded to the system. 
If you have issues, please forward your comments and contact info to advocacy, A-D-V-O-C-A-C-Y, at acb.org, and ACB will assist with filing the comments on the advocate's behalf. The Air Carrier Access Act is a critical piece of legislation securing our rights in the skies. Recent years has seen a rise in fraud and abuse around individuals pretending to pass their pets off as service and or emotional support animals. This issue has been a major concern for guide dog advocates, and we hope that you will consider filing comments on behalf of your affiliate or local chapter. And to also please circulate these talking points to other guide dog users and advocates you may know who are equally concerned with this issue. Thanks for your continued advocacy. Regards, Tony. Service Animal ANPRM Talking Points Issued June 18, 2018 DOT Action to Redefine Service Animals in ACAA Contact Tony Stevens, Director of Advocacy, American Council of the Blind, A. Stevens, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S, at acb.org. Phone 202-467-5081. Background. The Department of Transportation is currently seeking comments from stakeholders on regulatory changes to the Air Carrier Access Act of 1986, ACAA, that would amend regulations defining the use of service and emotional support animals aboard commercial airlines. The window to submit comments runs through July 9, 2018. Currently, the ACAA prohibits discrimination of passengers based on their use of service animals who are used to mitigate a person's disability. The Department of Transportation divides these animals into three separate classes under the service animal definition. Service animals, SA, are trained to provide a specific task or service for a person with a disability. Psychiatric service animals, PSA, trained to provide a service for psychiatric condition that may not be readily identifiable. Emotional support animals, ESAs, while not trained for any task or service, their mere presence provides a therapeutic remedy. In recent years, the rise of emotional support animals has grown significantly. With this rise has come an increase in individuals trying to pass their pets off as service or emotional support animals. These animals are often untrained and respond hostilely to other animals. Many owners of these fraudulent animals acquire false documentation online. This false representation has fostered negative attitudes toward legitimate, well-trained service animals, harming passengers and trained service animals, causing damage to property and furthering negative attitudes toward the use of SAs. Subsequently, airlines have responded by implementing stricter policies curtailing the use of ESAs, while at the same time 
pressuring the Department of Transportation to amend its policies regulating the rights of passengers with disabilities who rely upon the use of SAs and or ESAs. This push comes after disability advocates and the airline industry were unable to reach a compromise in 2016 during structured negotiations that were to focus on altering the current ACAA service animal regulations. What's in the ANPRM? An ANPRM is intended to provide key policy positions and request specific feedback. The goal is for federal agencies to share thoughts on proposed regulatory changes and to give an opportunity for stakeholders to weigh in and provide feedback. An ANPRM will usually be followed by a Notice of Proposed Rulemaking, NPRM, which will provide the proposed regulatory change with one last chance for individuals to provide public comment. In this ANPRM, the Department of Transportation focuses on the following 10 questions. 1. Should PSAs be included in the SA definition? 2. Should ESAs be included in the SA definition? 3. Should ESAs be contained in a carrier during the flight? 4. Should there be restrictions on species excluding more unusual or exotic animals? 5. Should there be a limit on the number of SAs a person can have? 6. Should all passengers with SAs attest verbally or through some other manner that their animal is well-behaved? 7. Should SAs be required to have a leash, tether, or harness? 8. Should there be restrictions for large breed animals? 9. Should passengers with SAs be required to provide veterinary forms like proof of vaccination? 10. Should U.S. airlines be held to this rule when operating on behalf of foreign carriers who have more strict guidelines that just permit service dogs? Comment Recommendations The American Council of the Blind, ACB, along with Guide Dog Users, Inc., GDUI, and other leading service dog institutions have been engaged throughout the Department of Transportation's negotiations in 2016 and has subsequently been in talks with the Department, along with other disability advocates, to find a solution that eliminates fraud while not restricting the rights of guide dog users. To this end, the following talking points are intended to help guide dog users with crafting their own comments. Shared messaging will help lift the fundamental values and rights that all guide dog users deserve. Therefore, try to find ways to incorporate the below talking points should you decide to comment on any of the above questions. For almost 90 years, guide dogs have been a vital tool for helping to secure independence and opportunity for tens of thousands of Americans who are blind and visually impaired, exemplifying the potential certain animals possess in aiding humans through extensive training and ongoing obedience. 
Guide dog advocates have argued for years that there needs to be greater harmony between the ADA definition of service animals and other federal agency definitions protecting access in places of public access and travel, asserting that animals not trained for service in places of public accommodation pose a risk if not managed responsibly. No regulation should create an undue burden for passengers relying upon well-trained service animals. Verbal attestation and documentation alone will not stop the rampant fraud of false representation and presence of disobedient animals aboard aircraft. Rather, there needs to be persistent training of personnel, public education, and pressure on bad actors who provide false documentation. How to file comments. Comments to federal proceedings are sent via an online portal at regulations.gov. Because the federal government handles so many types of comments across hundreds of subject areas, it is critical that comments include at the very top any information for reference location. A regulatory identification number, RIN, is typically included with every proceeding and should be used to make sure your comments end up in the right hands. The RIN for this proceeding is RIN space NO period for number space 2105-AE63. You may also include a docket number for further reference. The docket number is DOT-OST-2018-0073. The complete public notice was published May 23, 2018 in the Federal Register 83FR23832 and is available at https colon slash slash www.federalregister.gov slash d-o-c-u-m-e-n-t-s slash 2018 slash 05 slash 23 slash 2018 dash 10815 slash traveling dash by dash air dash with dash service dash animals. If you have questions regarding these talking points, contact the American Council of the Blind at advocacy.gov or call 202 467 5081. APH's Nearby Explorer is a full-featured GPS app for iOS and Android devices that empowers users to travel with confidence. It uses GPS and your phone's compass to speak real-time information about your surroundings, including millions of points of interest in the U.S. and Canada. Nearby Explorer is available on Google Play and on the App Store. Page 5. Around the Internet. 
The following article was posted on ACB Leadership on Friday, June 22, by Kelly Gask, and is entitled, Members of Congress Urge DOJ to Declare that Private Website Accessibility Lawsuits Violate Due Process. This article appeared on ADA Title III, written III.com. Responding to a surge of website accessibility lawsuits filed under Title III of the ADA, 103 members of Congress from both parties sent a letter to Attorney General Sessions urging action to stem the tide of website accessibility lawsuits. Just yesterday, a bipartisan assembly of 103 members of the House of Representatives, led by Congressman Ted Budd, Republican of North Carolina, and J. Lewis Correa, C-O-R-R-E-A, Democrat of California, wrote a letter to Attorney General Jeff Sessions urging the U.S. Department of Justice, DOJ, to state publicly that private legal action under the ADA with respect to websites is unfair and violates basic due process principles in the absence of clear statutory authority and issuance by the Department of a final rule establishing website accessibility standards. The letter urges the Department to provide guidance and clarity with regard to website accessibility under the ADA. The Congressional support for this letter arises on the heels of a recent surge in website accessibility lawsuits against public accommodations in every sector alleging that websites that are not accessible by people with disabilities violate the ADA. In 2017, a number of courts rejected defendants' attempts to obtain early dismissals of these cases, and supermarket chain Winn-Dixie lost the first trial in a website accessibility case. These decisions opened the proverbial floodgates and resulted in at least 814 federal lawsuits in 2017 about allegedly inaccessible websites, including a number of uh, punitive class actions. The federal lawsuit numbers for 2018 will likely be substantially higher, as our tracking shows that there were 349 suits just in January and February of 2018. Despite the monumental increase in litigation and urgent need for clear guidance, the DOJ abandoned its rulemaking process on website accessibility standards for public accommodations websites at the end of 2017, seven years after it said it would issue regulations on this issue. With the number of website accessibility lawsuits on the rise and courts allowing most of these cases to move forward, members of Congress are feeling pressure from the business community to take action against this cottage industry of lawsuits. Indeed, as expressed in the letter, businesses of every shape and size throughout the country are being threatened with legal action by private plaintiffs for unsubstantiated violations of the ADA. 
This problem is expanding at a rapid rate since the Internet allows such actions to be filed from anywhere, and there are no restrictions or limitations on making such complaints. The absence of statutory, regulatory, or other controlling language on this issue only fuels the proliferation of these suits since there are no requirements these complaints have to meet. In fact, in most cases, these suits are filed for the purpose of reaching a financial settlement and little or nothing to improve the website accessibility. We support the original spirit and intent of the ADA. However, unresolved questions about the applicability of the ADA to websites, as well as the DOJ's abandonment of the effort to write a rule defining website accessibility standards, has created a liability hazard that directly affects businesses in our states and the customers they serve. Although the members of Congress who endorsed the letter acknowledged Congress's own responsibility to provide legal clarity through the legislative process, they implored the DOJ to provide even basic direction on compliance and to help resolve this situation as soon as possible. It is unclear whether this letter will spurn any prompt action from the DOJ. Given the current administration's aversion to increased regulation, it is unlikely that the DOJ will restart its website accessibility rulemaking anytime soon. And unlike the Obama administration, which weighed in on the private lawsuits brought against the Winn-Dixie, MIT, and Harvard University, the Trump administration declined to file a brief in a website accessibility case last year despite the district court's invitation. Thus, we will have to wait and see how Attorney General Sessions and the DOJ react to the congressional letter. In the meantime, we expect website accessibility lawsuits will continue to be filed at a record pace throughout the United States. New web app teaches classical guitar using Braille. The article was posted on texasstandard.org slash stories on June 20. With Let's Play, people who are blind or visually impaired can take lessons and read music using Braille. When the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired opened in 1856, there were only three students. So, in order to pay the bills, students were expected to make brooms and other goods to sell. Nowadays, students are able to focus on academics, life skills, and enrichment opportunities, such as learning to play classical guitar. A new app is helping people learn through Braille. It's Mic check before graduation at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin. Three students are playing their classical guitars. The teachers making sure the volume and music are just right are Matt Hensley and Jeremy Coleman. Today is the culmination of many achievements for their students. Their performance will showcase one of the skills they've learned. But as perfectly choreographed as the graduation ceremony will be, Hensley says the guitar program at the school began because of a series of serendipitous events. The first was in 2011. 
They built this facility, and we were touring it, Hensley says, of that time. When the tour arrived at a classroom, the principal introduced Hensley as someone who worked with an organization called Austin Classical Guitar. And one of the girls in the room put her hand up in the air and said, I want to learn guitar. And then the boy next to her did exactly the same thing. I want to learn guitar. So that's kind of where it all got started, Hensley says. Hensley actually already had a curriculum ready. He'd been working with other schools, especially in underprivileged areas in Texas. But the curriculum would need to be modified. It needed to be translated into Braille. And here's where Jeremy Coleman, the other teacher we met during soundcheck, comes in. He's a former Marine who got a degree in classical guitar performance at a college in Louisiana. And he became essential to the second serendipitous event. I didn't know what I was going to do when I graduated, he says. I just wanted to move where the action was. For classical guitar, that's Austin. And so I showed up at Matt Hensley's house one day for lessons. I wanted to be a music teacher, guitar teacher especially. While Coleman worked on his master's at UT Austin, he started volunteering at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. That meant he needed to learn Braille. The Braille music is a different code. So I took what I learned from Braille and I learned another code, Coleman says. Coleman is the one who took Hensley's guitar curriculum and adapted it into Braille. Now, he's the school's full-time guitar teacher. Coleman says his first day teaching was actually a learning opportunity. What I thought would happen was everyone would be prodigies and everyone would be like music geniuses, Coleman said, because everyone I knew at that point who was blind was, well, like... A famous musician, you know. Of course, that's not the case. Blind and visually impaired musicians, like all musicians, rely on some talent and a ton of training. It's been seven years and the program is chugging along. Coleman and Hensley's students are improving by leaps and bounds, and some are becoming truly exceptional musicians. Recently, one of them moved to Arizona. She's the protagonist of the final serendipitous event. She wrote to her teachers that her school in Phoenix, a school not for visually impaired kids, was able to translate its guitar program to accommodate her. Hensley picks up the story. We were very excited that this transition had happened successfully for about 30 seconds, after which I realized, oh my goodness, we have a problem here because we have kids who are learning a beautiful skill and are becoming passionate about guitar, and the world doesn't have resources to continue that study the way any other child would be able to, he says. But now, the world does have such a resource. Coleman and Hensley just released what they call a lifelong learning app called Let's Play. It's free guitar curriculum in Braille, and it will allow a person who is blind or visually impaired to take advantage of the program that began here in Texas. Back in the auditorium, 
I sit for a complete performance from graduating students Devin Guitaris, Hector Lara, and Davian Perez, and notice that service dog Jetson and I move our heads in unison. This article was posted on June 19 on the ACB Leadership and is entitled Apple, Microsoft, Google Collaborate on New Universal Standard for Braille Displays. This article appeared in The Verge, T-H-E-V-E-R-G-E dot -E -E com. The USB Implementers Forum a group that includes major tech companies like Apple, Microsoft, and Google, has announced a new USB HID human interface device standard for Braille displays. That may not sound like much, but it's a big move forward to make computers more accessible to people who are blind or have impaired vision by making it much easier to use Braille displays across different operating systems and devices without having to worry about unique software or drivers for each device. Ultimately, it means that soon users will be able to simply use Braille readers as plug-and-play devices across a wide hardware ecosystem, much in the way that users are able to simply plug in a USB mouse or keyboard. The standard seeks to make this process function similarly across operation systems, whether it's a PC, a Mac, or Android device. With the finalized standard, device manufacturers and operating system providers will have to make new hardware and software updates to support it, which should start happening as early as next year. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.